Shall we begin? Hello, everyone. Welcome to an episode of the Differential Podcast. As usual, this is Shola, your host. And I'm here with my co-host, D-Man. Yo, D-Man. welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, How you doing, while. man? It's been Don't a while get to get back. Yep, yep. Well, yeah, it's good to be back to talk, talk, talk about football and stuff. But then... Today's podcast is actually not an FPL podcast. If you notice, I didn't say differential FPL podcast as I usually do. Um, today is more, that, it's, it's more a general football, <laughs> you know, podcast. I want to go back, take a trip down memory lane, you know, talk about how we got into football, what favorite players, just things like that, memories we have. And um, along with that, we have a guest with us and a, and a close friend of ours. And uh, without further ado, let me introduce Namdi, aka Ten Bears. All Ten Bears. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 guys. What's up? What's up? Hey, Namdi. Great to finally get you on here. How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. Just happy that the season's about to start. A bit of football's been missing from our lives. I know the women's Euros have been on. Wafcon has been on. You know, but it's always a little different when you can get into European club football for the men. And that's what we mostly look forward to. Hopefully in the future, you know, we can get excited about football from other parts of the world, football from a different gender. But for now, man, this is a focus. All right. That's good, man. Um, just on the women's football bit, have you been watching anything at all? Have you watched any other games? Yeah, I've actually, I've actually I mean, enjoyed... This Euros, man. Oh, yeah? Nice. It's been pretty good. Right. Yeah. The, the, do you know what? It's funny. It started for me with the Women's Euros, uh, Women's Champions League final, Lyon and Barcelona, which okay. was, I mean, before the game started, I was so sure Barcelona were going to win it as a canter. But Lyon came up with a tactical masterclass and actually took these guys apart with strategy, you know, and, and, Whilst I know that it's not fashionable to talk about some of the, the differences between women's sports and men's sports, it's quite evident, I think, that the, the women's game in terms of football has been playing catch-up. But you could see from that Champions League final that they're on their way. And it's the same thing that's played out at the Euros. I thought the Spain-Germany game was fantastic. I mean, in terms of the tactics, same thing with Spain, England, which I watched a couple of days ago. I was also really good. That was a great uh, But at the same time, <laughs> when you compare the level at the women's Euros with the level at WAFCON, the Women's uh, African Cup of Nations, there's a long way to go in these parts, man. It's been exciting. Yeah, it's, been exciting. it's nice to see Nigeria, who used to win every WAFCON with ease, finishing fourth yeah. place. I think I think we lost our game tonight, right? But yeah, man. It, oh, fair enough. I actually it's, haven't. It's, even... very, it's very different now. It's very different now. Yeah, I haven't actually watched 
any of the games. I've just been following it. I have this like, um, is it BBC Daily Euros or something like that? Because I don't have, I haven't like had time to go to watch their games, but I always follow it. But basically, they only talk about England. Sometimes they talk about like other countries, but like not England is like the center of their attention. So this you know, I just know about more yeah. biased. More <laughs> biased I mean, well, I chose their podcast. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, this Euros, right? In yeah. my like this women's Euros, for example, the only reason I don't want England to win this is because of the media. Like literally, <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> From in my opinion, they and France are probably the best teams, and I think yeah. they're going to make the finals. Like they are, like they're both; those are the best teams. But I just don't want England to win it because the media they will not let us rest. But they deserve and it. Though. I actually want them to to win it. There are a couple of Arsenal girls in that in that English team right now that deserve to take that thing. So fuck you, man. Let them win it. I mean, they're united. <laughs> they're like three or four united. <laughs> So, I mean, Germany, Germany has been great, though. Guys, don't look beyond or don't look. Yeah, past yeah, Germany. yeah. Actually, only team that haven't considered yet. That's they nice. have been efficient. They have been well drilled. They've been playing football. That I mean, while you won't set your heart on fire or anything, but I think they're good enough to win as well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean. All right, that's that, that's that's good. That's fair enough. Um, do you guys do you have anything else to, to add to that? Um, Shola, before we move on. No, no, nothing, nothing more. All right. So Namdi, we just jump straight into like you know women's football. But in general, could you tell us how like you know you you got into football, and you know just tell us you know a couple of things that you've done because I've read one of two of your articles as well, and you know they are great articles. And like if I didn't know. It was you, and you just randomly came up, and you're like, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, nah, work. this guy. Because I mean, obviously, we're in the WhatsApp group, and we bounce out every so day. Shit. Yeah, you I know. like the shit. I like the <laughs> shit. See, I can tell you exactly when I fell in love with football. Go ahead. 1994 Africa Cup Nation. Oh it was the uh, semi-finals. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, sorry to just cut you. Like, this is what Namdi does. He likes to take us to some <laughs> kind of old. Likes to set the scene <laughs> one time five way when niggas would ever show up for balls. But you are going. No, no. That was actually very interesting. Go on. Please. I know you guys don't know about this, so you just have to <laughs> give you a bit of an education. There was a there was, Nigeria had a left back. Nigeria had a left back called Benedict Iroha, right? Yeah. And I know you guys, the first Nigerian left back, you know, it's the team Babayaro, but that's okay. I won't hold it against you. Benedict yeah, Roa was some something else, something else on the left, and it was such a shame. Okay, but got... Benedict Roa was at US in '94. No? Yeah, he got injured in the first okay, game. He got injured wow. in the first game at US in '94. Yeah, yeah, you think you're the only one that you think you're the only historian here? <laughs> <laughs> right, so tell me more. Like, so, you know what? You know what? Props, props that you, props that you remember that for real. Yeah. But just before USA 94, because Tunisia 94 happened, I think it was January 94. And then we won that and went on to the, to the World Cup. So there was a lot of buzz in Nigeria around that time. I'd never watched a football game. I don't even remember seeing it in passing, which is crazy because my dad's a big football fan. Yeah. But anyway, I watched this. I watched the highlights of this um, Nigeria Cote d'Ivoire game. And Ben Euro has scored this magnificent goal. He was, you know, one of those roving left backs, like proper old-fashioned left back, overlapping, yeah. and he, you know, he, he beat a couple of players and scored a worldie. 
and I was hooked straight away. And I can uh-huh. still remember for the 1994 Nations Cup final, we went to see my auntie. My auntie had just had a son, and mm-hmm. he was, they named him Nandi okay. as well, kind of like after me, but also the name Nandi has a significance, right? It means my father is still alive. And I was named Nandi because my dad's dad died. So it was the same thing, obviously, for my, my dad's younger sister when she named her son. Anyway, bottom line is we went to their house to see them. And the game was on. And it was my auntie Adana, my uncle Michael, myself, my siblings. My dad was there for a bit. Then he had to go. So here my mom left us there. And I just remember throughout the whole game, um, my auntie kept shouting about the bull. And, you know, everybody was... There's this thing they used to say whenever Okocha got the ball. It's like over the bar, everybody knew he was going to sky it. This is before Okocha became such a great striker of the ball, right? Yeah. And that was, it was such a magical game, man. I can't explain it to you. The Zambian team who we played in the final had lost the bulk of their first team in 1993 in an air crash. Something like the Man United air crash when uh, Busby was still in charge. And... Nobody expected them to go far, but they were dark horses. Um, and they had a number 10 called Kalusha Bualia. Kalusha Bualia is not spoken about much today, but in that day, he was the same rank as Abedi Pele, who was Ghana's number 10, who was fearsome. So they went ahead, as you can imagine. I think it was someone called Elijah Litana who scored their goal. Elijah Litana was fouling Nigerian players like no man's business. It was, it was so aggressive that he had to have a bandage wrapped around his head. It was the first time I'd seen it in sport that somebody had to have a bandage wrapped around. And then um, Emmanuel Amunike, I don't think he'd scored a goal throughout the entire tournament. And Clemens Westerhoff started him. So he was playing sort of like an auxiliary forward. So he started on the left I believe, no, 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 sorry, please forgive me. I think it was Siasia who started on the left. But Amunike had like a roving brief down that left flank. He would cut in from the left. He was playing as, I think he was the second striker. I think he was the second striker and Amokachi was in the hole behind him and Yakini. I can't remember how it was anyway. But Amunike mm-hmm. scored twice and we won the game. And um, yo, it was so tense throughout. Zambia was leading for so long. And um, it just felt throughout the game. I remember those days, which is why I'm, I'm so sad watching the Eagles now. Because it was so, we were so certain throughout that we were going to prevail. There was something about that Westerhoff's team in 1994. Yeah. And that's, that's really when I knew, man, this is, this is a sport for me. We like, went on to no. USA 94 and, and did great things, as you guys can remember. That's that because of USA 94 was actually my own first World Cup. Like, that was actually the yeah. first international tournament that I think I watched, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember there was a buzz. I remember I was living in South Korea then. You know, I remember what? we had to wake up really, really early so we even watch these games. And you were a- living in South Korea? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, we were living yeah. in South Korea then. Yeah. And so, oh, wow. there was a big buzz around the Nigerian team because even I remember that time my dad and my dad's friends there was a lot of buzz not just from the Nigerians but from Africans in general like the way that team was talked about was like that team was like man for man 
that team was good enough to win it all, like in terms of talent. Like that's the kind yeah. of that's the kind of buzz yeah. that 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 was that was going around with that team. That's why that Italy game hurt so much. Like yeah, up to today, I hate I hate Roberto Baggio up to today because of that game. <laughs> you know, I can remember I can remember every single player on our squad. I don't want to start naming them. I can remember every one of the 22. The oh, thing is, before that tournament, my dad traveled to the States, then came back <laughs> to Nigeria with um I think it was I think it was um the Wall Street Journal. And there was a World Cup pullout inside it because obviously it was in the US now. So football was still kind of young then in the country. It hadn't yet caught on. And they were trying to make it popular. So they had this big splash. And in the pullouts, they had profiles of every single team. You know how we were when we were young now? Yeah. It's not now when everything is social media. Then you have to go hunting for the stuff. So this pullout, the the, the, uh, two pages, I think, that focused on the Nigerian team had Yakini as, you know, the main player in profile. And they described him as a gangling number nine. I'll never forget that phrase. I had to go look it up in the dictionary. I was like, what does gangling mean? And it's somebody who's like tall and lanky and a little awkward. But they described him as probably the most potent finisher in Africa at the time. And he had just won African Footballer of the Year three times in a row. At the yeah. time, I think he was playing for Shooting Stars before he went to Portugal. Dog, it was just like such a... It was this whole world. It was almost like reading a fantasy novel. In that same pullout, there was a feature on Ronald Kuman. I don't know if you guys ever watched Kuman when he was playing. And they described him as the man with a rocket in the shooting boots. I, I watched him briefly. Towards yeah. the- Yo... They, they profiled the, the Argentinian team at the time. People were still talking about Maradona like a genius. But we all know that was like his last mm-hmm. yeah. uh, major tournament. You know what I mean? They profiled um, Brazil. Brazil had Romario. Brazil had Bebeto. Brazil had all kinds of sparkling stars. But the, the um, profile was like, this is probably the least exciting Brazil team at the World Cup. And they went on to win it. And then I will never forget, there was a profile on Colombia. For some reason, people believed Colombia was going to win that World Cup or at least would have a chance. You know, and they ended up not getting out of their group. We all know what happened with Escobar. Yeah, yeah USA 94 for me still remains the most special World Cup in my mind, man. The most special. That's all right. That's, I mean, why, why is I mean, it you guys... that you watched? What do you say? It, like... Do you hold that? Do you hold that emotion because it was the first World Cup you watched, or sometimes I sometimes I think so, but I also think there was something. There was there was there was a way that the World Cup then was still like fantasy. Do you know what I mean? Like there was still a way when, yeah, like now the World Cup is coming and you're excited, but you're still a little bit more excited watching Champions League or watching club football. Yeah, then the World Cup was the pinnacle. It was the height. There was mm-hmm. nothing better than it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Because I, mean, I think now we get more excited towards domestic football. Maybe it's because of the attachment we have to our, to our clubs. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know exactly. what it is. 
I, I think that's pretty much it because we didn't have this attachment when we were much younger. Yeah, when we were much younger, we didn't have this attachment because we didn't have this attachment to our clubs the way we do now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When we were much younger, we we're not spending all day arguing on the group chats. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Dude, so back then I didn't even I didn't even have a club. Yeah, I didn't even yeah. have a club, so I didn't start supporting us until 1998. So this is four yeah. years ago. Yeah, I mean, like, I, mean. I, I was late. I'm late to football than you guys. I started watching. First full memory I have of watching football was watching us win um, the Olympics. I think that was '96. Yeah. 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 yeah that was '96, yeah. and I remember my uncle cooking. Jollof rice, and I remember watching the Olympics in the in the living room, and I think I remember that so vividly well because Jollof rice was actually quite mad, you know. Obviously, the win was good as well. <laughs> <laughs> the win was good as well, but yeah, Jollof rice was well. So that that's my like proper first memory. And you know, I like the way Namdi like you know has these stories about football, and you've you've written a couple of articles uh, you know about football, and you know, I, I you're the kind of guy like. You know, I don't know if um well we haven't mentioned it here, but like you know, you're in you're in a couple movies. So do you like write like doing your spare time, you know, just just behind like you know the nightlight, just you know, in between roles. Is that what you is that is that what you like to do? Let me let me tell let me tell you another story. So yeah, I've always I've always liked well as far as I can remember, I've always liked to write. So when we were in school, you know how they'll make you write a composition about yes. your your holidays when you come back from long back and everybody's struggling to fill a page and I've done five, six and teacher is bringing me out like teacher's pet. Oh, look how much Namdi wrote. People need to be like him, that kind of thing. So when when the Olympics came around in 1996, um, my mom said to me, listen, why don't you watch some of these games and put down your thoughts, right? And it was at a stage when I started... I'm not even going to, I won't even front. I, I don't begin to read the dictionary. It was, it was a pleasure for me to read the dictionary. So okay. I'll write these little articles and put all these big words in there. And my mom was like, nobody's going to believe a nine-year-old is writing this, right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point, my dad had a friend who worked with Vanguard newspaper. And he asked him if he, if he could publish me. And the guy oh, wow. said, listen, they don't, that their columns are all full, but he has a friend with sporting champion and that they might take me. And I, I didn't believe all of this. I was just doing my thing writing. And in the end, for about, I think about two weeks of those Olympics, the football tournament, I wrote articles after each Nigerian game. And it was such a trip for me, man. Like that was, that was my start. Wow. I still remember, particularly I wrote about the Nigeria-Brazil game. If you guys remember, we went 3-1 down. There was one bastard called Flavio Conceição. He scored <laughs> twice. Number five. Thought, he thought he was made. He, the way he popped these goals. And <laughs> then I think Ikweba scored the, the second for us. It was 3-2. And then, of course, Canada did his thing. And we won on Golden Goal. So I wrote about it. And I used the word euphoric, a euphoric win, and everybody was going nuts. Like, they'll come and they'll say, no, they don't believe I wrote that thing in newspaper. I should show them where I wrote it. And of course, we <laughs> didn't have computers then now, so I'll bring out my little exercise book where I wrote it. And I used to be so careful, like I'm writing and I'll make sure I'm not crossing anything out. So mm-hmm. they will now come again and say, it's not true, I copied it from somewhere that is my dad that wrote it. 
I think my dad told somebody who has time to write about football. I have I have real job. <laughs> I have work I'm doing to feed my family. Uh, yeah. That was so amazing. yeah, man. That's that's how that started. But since since then, I haven't written as much as I'd like to. But I have an article published in Africa as a country, which is this um, it's kind of popular, mostly in South Africa, but across the continent as well. You can check it out online. Africa as a country, so they have um, uh, different sections, and there's a football as a country section. And I wrote about my love for Okocha and how no matter how long, how much time passes and how many more legends we we watch on the screen, Okocha is always going to have a special place for me. And they published it. You know, I have, um, I have a couple other things, you know, maybe not just about football. But yeah. I do, yeah, you're right, man. The writing did give me an entryway into other media pursuits and i've been in a couple of movies watch this space man sometime in the future i'm going to write a couple of my own scripts so let's see that'd be great that'd be interesting to watch i mean speaking of um of a culture man i mean you follow the culture a lot so you can i mean you can help us like decide this if this is actually true or not there's this story about a culture dribbling everybody from his own side to the other side they're coming back <laughs> and they're going back forward <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's like it's like one of those uh mythical stories you know how they said yeah india you know and i actually you know what when i actually figured out which goal they were talking about and i think it was that one where you started um, where you started that's the goal they were yeah. talking about that yeah. goal did not yeah. need that, that goal did not need spices that goal was already perfect. it didn't it really it didn't. didn't. It was it was perfect. But he, he didn't it, it wasn't from his own goal. I mean he was on it was I think he started on the right flank. He did beat like yeah. six. Yeah, uh, yeah. He beat quite a number in Hamburg. Yeah, he, he beat a few players, but it wasn't like he was going back up. Like when you hear the story, it's almost <laughs> like he went back to his keeper. Yeah, because um <laughs> back to the other keeper, then went back to his keeper. I mean, come on. Now. Yeah, the funny thing but is that the first time goal. I heard that story, right? I actually thought it was a completely different goal because I knew about the Frankfurt goal. Yeah, so I was thinking, yeah. like, I thought it was like another goal. Now we have YouTube, we have Google. It was actually, exactly. when it was actually recently, maybe like a year or two ago, that I actually was going to Google this thing. And I never found this. The only thing that was coming up was that Frank. I'm like, yeah, this has to be a lie. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember. If you hear my dad, if you hear yeah, my dad tell it, my dad says he dribbled all the defenders, <laughs> dribbled Oliver Kahn, and decided he wasn't ready to score yet. Yes, so he yes went exactly. Back and dribbled them again. <laughs> oh my God! It was, it was, it was, that was story. That he dribbled the keeper and now came back. Came back. He was tired. Yeah. He said, "No, no, no, no. I have to make." Yeah, so um, that's good. Like that's like one of the. That's always such a great memory for me. And watching him play in um, Bolton as well, that was also fantastic. I mean, oh, yeah. we were when Nigeria used to, you know, back then when uh, Okocha was playing for Bolton and he had so many great games, so, so many great performances, you know. Uh, it's crazy, you know, how, 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 when you think about it now, I actually kind of think that maybe he should have played for like a big club at one point, but, you know, it never happened, but still, a I great mean, player. I mean, he did. 
I meant in the prem. You classify PSG. Okay, well, in the prem. Oh, no, I meant in the prem. Sorry, sorry. No, I I know. Oh, right, right, right. I meant like in the Premier League, seeing him like a big club in the Premier League. You know, that sort of thing. Don't you think he was, I think at that stage in his career when he had now figured himself out completely. Yeah. Figured out where he wanted to play, how he wanted to play. I think he was a bit happy to be a big fish in a small pond. Yeah, it worked you know? out perfectly. It worked out. Per- it gave us so many highlights. Well, you know, come to think about it, I've never ever thought about it from that perspective. But that's actually a good yeah. point because yeah. you know it's funny because I have this conversation with my brother, right, Taiwo. Mm-hmm. Can what we conclude is that, like, you know, maybe he he just really didn't send that. He was just whoever was the high, paying him the most. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, because to be fair, African players unfortunately have that reputation that like yeah, yeah. that so that's what we had. But that's a good that's a good point of view. You know, I've never actually. I mean, I mean the, the the dude had done. I think it was four years at Besiktas, and they they absolutely worshipped Okocha in, in Turkey. Yeah, they had done four years there, won the league. I think he played Champions League as well. I think he just wanted to be in a country where he didn't have to be so foreign. You know, there was okay. Nigerian culture in, in 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 England. There were yeah. Nigerian players all over the place. And yeah, he was captain of Bolton Wanderers. Isn't he the first Nigerian to captain a top-flight English club? So That's he, true. In a it way, was... he was kind of made. You know. Yeah, yeah. He 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 was he was he was fantastic. I mean. I mean during that era of time, one of the Nigerian captain in the top flight in England. Was it the only one? Wasn't Yobo captain for a bit? I think Mikel Mikel never captained Chelsea. I don't think he did. I don't know. Was Yobo actually the club captain? Because I don't remember. No, no, no. He wasn't. He wasn't. But he definitely was. We're talking about the the assigned club captain. That's what we're talking about. Okay. 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 Yeah. I think Okocha is the only one. That was it. That was a memorable era. I mean, I think Bolton had not like gone into that whole um cons for us now by that time. You know, my in my own memory, <laughs> they are not they are not started being cons yet, but they were getting on their way. You know, and I remember yeah. one of the one of the um, earlier times and one of the games I remember is when Shala and I watched this um, Manchester United and um, Arsenal game, the one nil victory where <laughs> that destroyed yeah, Sky depend. Oh, <laughs> where that destroyed Sky depend. And that was just fantastic. Oh no no that was, that, was nil, nil. that was nil nil. Oh he hit the bar. Yeah, sorry, he hit, hit the bar. The bar. Yeah, was it nil nil? Yeah, it was nil nil. Yeah, it was nil nil. That was to, oh that was that the unbeaten season to break our unbeaten run. Yeah, I remember yeah. I watched that game. We watched that game in your house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, it was great to actually, you know, that that, that was, was a great mess. Because if that had gone in, that would have been crazy. Yeah. Do you, yeah. remember when, do you remember how Martin Keown reacted? Martin Keown, yeah. <laughs> what an absolute bastard. <laughs> you know, I mean, this guy, was it, was, it was crazy how he reacted to that. You know, no. it was great to see those United um, players so downcast and, you know, destroyed. It was, it was nice. Place, it was a good man. feeling. And speaking of United players, you, you had the pleasure of speaking to Patrice Eva, right? When he came to yeah. the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that about? So, and how did that come about? It's crazy. So there's a friend of mine who's in all kinds of things to do with entertainment. At one point, he was managing Burner Boy's sister. 
at one point he was involved in the fashion scene. He just has all these little plugs here and there. So he said, mm-hmm. Everest coming to Nigeria and he's been given a blank canvas to run an event. And what he wants to do is to do a sit down, you know, really make it classy, the sort of thing that you really don't see in Nigeria. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, the way you have talk show TV in, in the UK and the US and other parts of the world, you don't really have it like that in Nigeria. I think the closest thing we have to somebody who interviews people and tries to unpick their their past and their background and some of the controversies in their life is, is Ebuka on Robin Minds. You guys will know now. You guys are all yankeed up now. So, nah. Nah. <laughs> yeah, even when I was What's Nigeria, new with this guy? So... Jimmy Kimmel. Now, Jimmy Kimmel will get to now. <laughs> but, no, but but so, so he he wanted something like that, and yeah. he said, because I I do some MCing. I mean, I MCed Shola's uh, wedding. Oh yeah, um, with the with the cane stuff. What you feeling like? With the cane, that, that yeah. was I was injured. But anyway, yeah, whatever, man. Move move <laughs> so, on, move on. <laughs> so yeah, so he he he'd see me uh, do some MCing, and he liked my my buttoned up, understated style, and he said. Ever is not looking for hype. He's looking for somebody that will actually conduct him through an interview where he can talk. Okay. So I should come, so I should come do it. I said, okay, no wahala. So I did my research. I mean, already I'm familiar with Ever, but I, I found some gems in there. I never knew Ever had this cosmopolitan past. So Ever's dad is Guinean, and mm-hmm. his mom is from Cape Verde. He was born in Senegal, Mm -hmm. then they moved to, I think they moved to France, and he got his footballing start in Italy. So there's so many places. When people think about him, they just think France and Senegal, but he has a much richer background. So one of the first few questions I asked him was, you know, about that and about his dad being Guinean. And ever said to me that he's been interviewed so many times in so many countries and so many different languages on so many different stations, and nobody has ever realized that his dad is Guinean. Oh, wow. So, you know, I was, I was I was quite, I was pleased with myself because for me, yeah. the research is yeah, always I mean, so important. Yeah, and like, and like, you know, Namdi, that's crazy. I was just going to say, like, Namdi has a big head. So to hear that from Evra, that must have just been, oh, my Yo, God. Yo, man, dude, I, I, was, I, was, I was over the moon. Especially because the way the, the interview we had is so sad that there's no there's no yeah. footage because my friend had an agreement with um, Ever's handlers and with YouTube and it was supposed to put on YouTube but then the agreement fell through because they had some differences of opinion about how it should run but okay. the way the interview run, ran was like from the get I was going after him about the Arsenal Man U rivalry from that period. Okay. And Ever said, every other rivalry now, or every other rivalry since then, has felt a little bit, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, he didn't use these words, has felt a little bit manufactured. But mm-hmm. when Arsenal and Man United went at it in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was, it was blood. Like, oh, yeah, back, they back were, then. They like, wanted when, to kill each other. Yeah, I mean, when we, I think, because... I didn't really start following the Premier League until like 98, 99-ish. That was yeah. when I moved back to Nigeria from South Korea. Like that's yeah, when I yeah. really 
started following the Premier. It wasn't like I was heavily following it the way I do now, but at least I started following it. But the Arsenal games back then, because like they were the, like the best two teams. Yeah. Like United Arsenal was a game that like, you know, it was intense. Really intense, man. So many intense. people don't. So many people don't remember some of those classic clashes. I don't know if you guys remember United Arsenal. I think it was. 2000, 2001, or 99, 2000, when Henri took the ball on the turn, like he flicked it up. And oh hit my it God, that's, the that's of one of his best goals I've, that has been scored against us. That game was so tense. That was literally the only half chance I can remember from that game. And somehow he buried it. He tried like for two months to recreate that goal. He could never do it again. It was madness, man. That was that was like a really tense one. I don't know if you also remember the season that we did the we did our second double under um under Wenger. A lot of yeah. people remember the title winning game because we won the game at Old Trafford. At Old Trafford, yeah. Right. But people forget the game at Highbury that we won three one. And Bates made one really silly mistake that Henri pounced on. Yeah. I Good times, that. man. Good times. It feels <laughs> as if football was purer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys agree. I agree with you now because I think now the f- football now is more how like how like put the way football because like now I think now people don't watch the game the way we did back. You know, back then you're watching the game and you're watching it to enjoy it. But like yeah. now, this is just my own personal opinion. But like now, I think people are watching games for like banter reasons. I was just about to say that. So for banter I was just reasons, about to say or, that. The one, the one that I can't stand is when fans start targeting their own players. Like I can't yeah. stand it. Like yeah. look, I might be watching the United game, right? And yeah, during the game, I might just be, you know, out of frustration at myself oh this guy this guy but i'm not gonna start having agendas against players because i don't like them going after them on social media like like there's some players that i don't think are good enough for united but but as long as they're wearing a master united shirt they will have my full support yep because i like i I don't understand how people can look at a player and you just have this you just have this mindset that oh I don't like him so much what he can do no good man like like for example this current United there, there's a there's a there's a section of our fan base for example right that absolutely hates Bruno Fernandez I do not understand why <laughs> it doesn't make it like they say this is a dude, this is a dude who's pattern. hit his historic highs in assists. It's it's, it's so ridiculous. Like say, oh, he loses the ball so much. Like he's 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 the creative fulcrum of the team. He's expected to lose the ball more than anybody else. Yep. I mean, yep. and the, you know the funny thing is that if you compare the statistics with like KDB and other players of that position. It's about the same. Yeah. But because yeah. you just have this agenda, maybe because you prefer another player 
over one player. You just completely have this agenda against that. This guy is shit. This guy must leave the club. Or and then you start like, you know, just it's it just it's it's crazy. You like something something I wanted to ask you, sure. Sorry, I know I'm a guest on you guys' show, yeah. Yeah, this is something that is a theory I've had for a very long time. Do you know, at least in my experience, watching watching football, I don't actually remember seeing a pure number ten play for Manchester United. No, like I, I I want I want anybody. Nope. I, I would bet not my a single, house. We don't, United don't play with tens yes. traditionally. We've not, we've never what, what's, what's that about? Because you know, Fergie was a very was straight up four four two, or at the yeah. very was four five one, and even that ten wasn't like a traditional ten. It was more like a supporting striker. Because yeah. like when, for example, when Rooney, like for example, when you had um Rooney playing with Van Nistelrooy, Rooney was yeah. playing behind Van Nistelrooy, but I would call he wasn't a he wasn't playing as a pure ten. He was playing as a supporting striker. I think now the game has evolved that like players behind the striker now playing that 10 role. Yeah. Yeah. You know, before, back before when you had a player behind the striker, it was usually a supporting striker because because if you go back to the older teams, the AC Milan's, the Inter Milan, they a lot of teams used to play with two strikers. Yeah, yeah. That was and, that was a norm back then. Now, even Arsenal, like Dennis Burkamp was the supporting striker to Thierry Henry. So it's just, I guess, in that aspect, the game, you know, that that position has evolved. But but the the thing, eh, the thing I'm trying to get out, you see, like with with Dennis Burkamp, Mm -hmm. I know early on he had a goal scoring mandate for for Arsenal, but maybe three, four years into Wenger's tenure. Bergkamp was only about the assists. I mean, he scored a few goals, but he wasn't scoring 15 goals a season any longer. Bergkamp yeah. was doing 10, 11 goals a season. And yeah. he was he was support striker, but he had that number 10 mandate. Mm-hmm. We united every player I can think of who was a number 10, whether it was Teddy Sheringham or it was Dwight York, was still a primary goal getter. Striker, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think York even outscored Cole in your treble winning season, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm I'm not, sure. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But I, I but I think that every other team that's come along in the Prem and dominated has somebody you can identify as the creative linchpin. Yep. But not yeah. not United. Mm-hmm. Not United. I I can't so, think of it. So, um, so um, speaking like, you know, just talking about like players in general, this season, what are you looking forward to the most, uh, Namdi? Right. Um, Why are you, you know looking me forward now. to watching? It, you, know, you, know, you know it's Erling Haaland, man. Is her, I'm telling you, it, is, it looks that like a fantastic signing. I think that's that who we're all looking forward to, to be fair. Even... How, can you, how can you be 21, 22, and your goals to game ratio for your entire career is nearly one for one. That it's is amazing. ridiculous, man. It's, it's actually, and I'm talking about for club and country. It makes absolutely no sense. That kid is going mm-hmm. to be devastating. I've heard, I've heard people. In fact, I even saw a compilation the other day. Probably the most, 
deadly marksman in Europe at the moment. And they're doing a comp compilation of his uh, misses from point blank range. Wait, let, let me guess. Let me guess. It was a it was it was a compilation that Alex liked. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I know the compilation you're talking about. I, I, I know what I know what you guys. I mean, it was. I think it was. It was like a retaliation. And yeah, you yes, saw that the person didn't yeah, really yeah, have yeah, anything yeah. to work with because I'm not going yeah. to lie to you. I watched that Haaland compilation. I watched about ten seconds into it, and I went, "But Haaland scores goals," and I just took it off. I was like, I I couldn't watch it because this guy, like, even if fine, you have this compilation, fine. This is maybe like one minute of, someone, <laughs> of someone's that has like a, a, an entire career of like he's he's a he's a specific career. Are you bringing up one minutes of, of his of like come off the farm? <laughs> I didn't. To be honest, I also didn't watch the um, Darwin one because I thought it was just a bit of. I didn't get. I didn't. I didn't get the whole point of it. It's like it was almost like City and Liverpool are trying to like. Was it? I did try to like. Form, and I was like, nah, fam. Like, allow you guys at your. But I, at your I, I, I also. <laughs> I also think. I also think that. I also think that Nunez is definitely going to struggle more than Haaland, and that's less. Well, yeah, Haaland is, is of a higher quality now. No, that's Way the thing. I think quality. it's. I think it's less about him and more about the team he's going into. Oh, uh, okay. Somebody like Diaz came in and fit into the team straight away because he wasn't. He wasn't the star man, you know. Okay. Diaz was mostly coming off the bench. There was an established front three. He didn't have a lot of pressure. But mm -hmm. Nunez is coming into a team that is losing somebody who was their second best player, but only by a small bit, you know. Mm -hmm. on, on, on some days, Mane was a star man and not Salah. And Nunez has to come in and, and walk in those shoes, right? Who is Haaland coming to replace? Gabby Jesus. Listen, we're Arsenal fans and we love the fact we signed him. Mm -hmm. But Haaland is going to test that guy with ease. Do you understand what I mean? Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus never scored 25 goals a season. Haaland's mm. going to get 30 this season if he stays fit. Easily. Haaland gets that. Haaland gets that. You see, this compilation of videos that we're seeing, it goes back to what I was saying before about I think now people watch football to banter and to criticize. Because yeah. I've had these conversations with Shopper many times. Like a lot of people nowadays, it's like people don't watch football to enjoy it anymore. That's the way I feel. That like you're watching it to criticize or to abuse or you because I think now you see, and this is one of the reasons I hate fan cams, because I think they they've added it's, to this negative, toxic culture in the game. Because I hate, like, you know, when AFTV started, it was all fun and jokes, but the more I started to watch it, the more, the more disgusted I am. I'm like, okay, it's, it's fun to banter your rivals, but this is getting out of hand. Yeah, outrage. Outrage is popular on social yeah, media. Yeah, like negativity and toxicity. Sells. Yeah, man. And Arsenal, Arsenal fan TV, now AFTV, they made it popular. Mm -hmm. They found a formula that was bringing in the fans and probably bringing them money. And they just rode it like a fucking wave, yep. man. And, I, and I, I, will, I will always be upset with them about it because now it's becoming ingrained. 
There's this dude that does fan camp for you guys. His name is Longbridge Mark Goldbridge. Or, or Longfellow Goldbridge. There Mark Goldbridge. This guy's dude. I know. I know he knows that his accent is entertaining, and I know. I know that he knows that the the he has like you know, colorful expressions and and all these inside jokes and stuff. But he spends his whole time profiting off talking down on people. Yep. I don't know when that became the standard, man. Like there used to be a time where you're waxing lyrical about players. Like I can still remember, right? See. 1998 World Cup, may nobody lie to you. Zinedine Zidane had maybe two good games against oh, yeah. South Africa in the good in the group stage and the, the final. final. Yeah, Zidane. But yeah. nobody, nobody was ripping him off. This guy got a red card. I think it was even against South Africa. The opening Arabia game, yeah. The, he like. missed two, he missed two games. Yeah. Zidane missed but two some, games. Yeah. But he survived it and he went on to lead his team to the World Cup for the first time. And somehow all of that has disappeared. He that cannot happen now, man. That yeah, somebody has true. torn you down so much that you probably wouldn't even have the confidence to do what he did in the final. Did you mm. feel me? I mean, like so now you have you have people just analyzing a lot of things that you're just like, really? Like people like for example, right? Think about it. Like you have let's say you have a player, right? He comes off, you know. Maybe he doesn't really, he's not really much in the game. He's but you win the game 2 0 and he scores the two goals. You have some fans that have a problem with that. They'll say, Oh, well, yeah. he wasn't yeah. in the game, he wasn't, he his link, this and this and that. Nigga, he literally won you the game. Yeah, it's so it's so self-righteous. All of us pretend as if we don't put it in our work sometimes. Like the yeah. days when I'm in, I'm in the office and I'm like I've got into the office by 7 a.m. I've banged out four of the hottest hours of my life, and it's 11 a.m., and I still have to make it to 7 in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I've thrown it in for some of those hours, man. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, why, why don't we give the same leeway to players? You're playing 90 minutes every week. Well, now and then, you're going to be unable to perform at your highest standard. Let's cut these guys some slack. Yeah. All right. All right. So, but but um, at, the, at the same time, so sorry, I know you have a question. Yeah, but go at on. the same time, it's part of what Eva was saying, eh? yeah. that in actual fact, some of the reason, well, he didn't say it this way, but I'm, I'm putting my own theory to it. Some of the reason why fans have the room to, to be as toxic as they are today is that players don't have the same magic or they're not given the room to display the same magic. It's not that long ago that Dimitar Bebatov was a star man for United. And Berbatov is not going to give you 19 minutes of effort. But for those those few minutes when he's doing his thing, man, you can, like, the enchantment was enough to take you past all his other flaws. Yep. And I remember just going back to that same USA 94 pullout. I'm sorry. I wish I can find this thing and then share it with you guys on the group. I'm going to look for it. But in that pullout, they described Romario. Romario only needs six seconds every game to destroy mm-hmm. the opposing team. In in the season before the World Cup, Romario made a bet with, with his manager that he was going to score 30 goals. Now, Romario started off the season like a house on fire. I think he already had 15 goals before the halfway mark. It was clear he was going to do 30 goals. Then the guy just went missing, started partying, wouldn't turn up. I think about 10 games to go, he was like 12 goals out. 
I may be wrong on these facts, but this is just the way I remember it. And my guys decided I need to win this bet. I started banging in hat tricks and braces. Last game of the season, my guy, last game dot, my guy scored his 30th goal. And that was just Romario's magic. He'll be asleep the whole game. He gets the ball on the half turn, six seconds to go. Yep. And, and I think players aren't given the same room to be mercurial like that any longer. Yep. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm sure this is going to hurt you, Shava, but I think that's part of what Pogba's problem is. Pogba is that kind of magic player. Pogba is that kind of player who will give you 15 dazzling minutes in 90 and can be a game winner. See, this but is in not, today's well-drilled, highly tactical game, you know, the funny thing is, to be more. That, that thing about Pogba was actually what I liked the most about him, was that he could break, make something out of nothing. My only issue with Pogba was his consistency. Hmm. He was too inconsistent for my liking. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I think it's another thing about the reason why, you know, we, we see some of these magic players that give you only X amount of minutes is that football, the way coaches are, coaches are so much better than they were in the past, I believe. I believe they're like, even ordinary coaches can find oh. ways to, if you have players like that who don't give you well, not, not, let's not say they don't give. I, don't, I, I, will, I, I will agree they, that coaches are much better now. But I, the, I let's say, let's say the the game is a lot more structured now. It's a lot more synchronized now. Yeah, because they're like better people. The coaches are more learned now. You know, like that's what else. I feel like coaches are a lot better. Like the mid to top coaches are much better. Like in the past, a. a a random team, a, a, a lower level team, the coach for that team probably doesn't have as much information as the coaches that run teams have right now. They have so much information. Exactly. They have so much yeah, stats. Exactly. There are so I many. Exactly. Yeah, there's there so much information for them. So if they notice this little chink in your armor that, okay, these magic players are there and, you know, there's a way to get at them, you know, they can build a structure to, to you know, to to affect those players. So it makes, you know, they some of these players get targeted because they know that eventually there'll be a weakness for them. You know, that's just what I think sometimes regarding, you know, the way the, the players change. Everybody's a lot more structured. Everybody loves a lot more. So it's, it's I, not, let's not say easier, but I guess a lot of people now know how to combat, combat these players. You know, so now it's more physical. It's more efficient you know it's more about efficiency yeah, yeah. so yes. more like kdb that like before we'll look at him like yo this guy is a great player but you know i, I think you guys were, were talking about that um thing that we saw where they put up zidane and, and kdb you know and yeah. i saw a comment there where someone goes oh you know what kdb has already scored just as much goals in less matches and i thought well you know what back then you know midfielders were not popping 20 30 goals like that there weren't so many of them that could just come up with that they were like, they were like wingers team. with those numbers but these days they yeah, are wingers yeah, yeah. with that numbers and it's all because of the you know the structure the the, the state of play has changed and mm-hmm. in his eyes he's like well you know because Zidane doesn't have those numbers then you know Zidane surely isn't better but you know when you watch Zidane and you see what Zidane is about you can see the reason why Zidane is loved by everyone. I mean, yeah, I mean, one of the reasons why I fell in love with football was France, 90, France 98 when he scored those two goals in the final against Brazil. I was so happy for him. And I'm pretty sure I had not heard of him before that day. But that day just immortalized him in my eyes. Like, 
after Ronaldo and Messi, when you, when you talk about the next stage of play, I immediately talk about them. Yep. Yeah, and I also won't forget the um, World Cup. Uh, I can't remember which the one where he gets the 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 Dark red card. Yeah, it was yeah, unlike yeah, unlike that France '98 World Cup. In that World Cup, he was he was insane. He what he did to Spain and what he did to Brazil. He dragged that team to the fight. Dude, against against Brazil. He was just. It was that's one of the greatest. I am telling you. So that tournament for me with Zidane, that was just magic. And you know, Zidane. I guess we can just leave it there. Let's just leave it there. But for me, where I actually immortalized Zidane. Mm-hmm. was Euro 2000. I was just about to say, I think it was like, like Euro 2000, first of the free kick against England. Yo, mm-hmm. like the way he carried, he carried that. No, no, that, that, that free kick against England was, was Euro 2004. Yeah, oh, sorry, I, was, I was just about sorry, to sorry, say. Sorry, think about Euro 2004. Wait. No, but, but our Euro, our Euro 2000. But Euro 2000, he was mad. Spectacular. Was he yeah, was that was when um, France won. The, the that's the one that the, the yeah. one that France yeah. won. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. He was he was amazing in that tournament. Like he was just like the or like you know like okay like Shakur and I were like comic book fans, right? You know, like they say Superman. Like what's like the reason why people don't recognize Superman when he's not wearing his glasses is because he has this aura. Like that's where I saw Zidane anytime, anytime yeah. like in that tournament. Like Zidane had this aura around him. Like I can. Bro, do he it. had he had guts. Who in the modern game today has the guts to walk around with a bald patch in the middle of his head? <laughs> <laughs> My guy refused to bob. He said, "Nope, you take it like this." You know, KD you does that me. as well. And yeah. it was still an icon. It was still, it was so popular. Yeah, he was, he was still Ronaldo, getting his endorsement. I said Ronaldo, Zidane. What, 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 what an absolute treat. So, I mean, Namdi, thank you so much for coming to, uh, to, to talk today. This was a joy. This was a delight. Uh, do you mind giving us one little, well, is this sneaky or something about that Evra thing, about that Evra interview that you had that, you know, that was very interesting for you. Any, any other um, tidbits before you go? So before I, before I um, yeah. did the interview, of course, I told you I did my research and I, even though I remember it vaguely, it wasn't standing out in my memory how he said when United played Arsenal in the 2000 and I think it was 2008 Champions League semi when United just harassed us and destroyed us at Highbury. I think it was 4-1 in that game. He said it was like men. He said it was men against babies. And so I asked him. I asked him in the interview. I said, "Were you just hyping, or was it really like men against babies?" And Ever said he actually walked onto the pitch that day knowing from the get that they were going to spank Arsenal. I've never been more angry with anybody in my life <laughs> than when I heard him say this thing. I was so pissed off. And he said, yeah, you can be mad, but I wrote it in my book. Go buy my book. The kid was so sure. Those were some sad bits, but it was, it was so great to talk to you again. And you know, normally we would oh, have, man. we would we would definitely have you if you played um, FPL. I mean, 
You play FPL. I'm playing this shit. season. Don't worry, I got shorts. It's my year. Yeah, you always say I'm playing. I always shit. Yeah, no, I, I have shit. the key. I have the key this year. Don't worry. I have the formula. I developed a formula on Excel. When you need oh, yeah? it, you have to ask me for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I bring it on. Bring it on. You can always join the yeah, group chat. We are, of yeah, course, bro. live, live, live. It'll be, good. It'll be good to have you. And it'll be nice if you can beat Shola. I know Shola likes to make money. <laughs> why, why Shola? Why not you? Why yeah, not you, bro? This guy, if he beats okay. me, I'm not going to play again. I'm not playing No, again. dude, I'm going to take you at your word, though. I'm going to take you at your word. What's that? 11 bears were back. <laughs> this guy, when you do, I have to, like, think about everything about my life. Because the thing about you is... <laughs> Because the thing about you is it's not about the quality of your choices. That's not even what I have to beat. All I have to beat is your concentration. Because I know you're not going to concentrate. <laughs> That's all so I have this, to beat. Yeah, this, this season, I'm on it, man. This season, I'm on it. I need right, this. Right. Uh, why not? Right, I'm, always, I'm, always, I'm always up for the challenge. That's the whole thing about FF. I love challenges with FF. That's what FF is about. Did you I, win uh, last year? Well, I, I won the group chat. I won the group. The group. Yeah, yeah. I won the group stuff. So yeah, that 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 one is there. But this year, you know, like you said, hopefully we'll see you on it as well, and uh, we'll have some fun. So, Shola, do you want to say anything before we go? Man, just thanks for coming, man. And uh, we should do another one of these type of pods more. You know, for sure, future. man. For sure, I'm down. I'm down. That's yeah, it's, always, it's always good to talk about football, especially with people that view the game in a similar light. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Talk, when we want to talk about the game from a pure footballing standpoint, you know, forget yeah. about the statistics, you know, because there's all this, you know, all these fixations on stats and banter, like, let's just leave all that and let's yeah. just talk about the game that we love. Yeah. Now, I'm so, I'm so glad, just, just before we go, I'm so glad yeah. we have our group chat because Mm-hmm. I like talking about football and I'm always looking for conversations. Yeah. And I have so many low quality conversations with guys about football. And I'm glad yeah. I can always come to my guys who actually understand the game and we are. I mean, all of us bow one, we won't mention names, but I'm glad, you know, to have a refuge <laughs> where I can actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, will, I, will, I, will, I will go ahead. Game. I will go ahead and mention games, you know. That's, that's why it's so happy. That's why I'm so happy to. To have you, I mean, all season I have to talk to Shola, man, so you can understand. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Combo. Combo. <laughs> so, but yeah, on the most though, yes, I, I do understand that. Thank you so much. Great to have you. Nice again. one, guys, man. Yeah? Pleasure, right, man. Have so a good we'll night. Have a good weekend. Something. All the best. All the best, man. All right. the best, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, again, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Shukla, do you have anything else to say? Nah, I just want to say um, thank you guys for listening. I know this is different from what we usually do. And uh, our first FPL podcast, if you got this far, will be next week. And uh, thank Nandi again for coming through. We'll have him again, you know, 10 beers, 12 beers, all the beers. We'll have all of them. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Nice one, guys. All right. Looking forward to the next one. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Let's begin, bro.